What's up, Abilene? Welcome to episode 12 of the People of Abilene podcast. I really appreciate you tuning in and listening to this week's episode. We've got a great episode ready for you. My conversation today is with Debbie Lillick. Debbie is the executive director at The Nickel, uh, and I know The Nickel is something that you may have heard tossed around town, uh, but maybe don't even know what it actually is. The Nickel stands for the National Center for Children's Illustrated Literature. Basically, it's a museum that's downtown, right on North First, that showcases the pictures of children's literature. Uh, so it's a, it's an actual museum. It's not a like a, a, a children's bookstore, although they do have children's books there. But it is a real museum that you can take your family to, where the artistry is celebrated uh, for adults to to really admire and, and look at, and then the kids can see the pictures, larger pictures of some of their favorite books. And there's a lot of uh, really interesting stuff that goes into it, and it really is a great place, and we are lucky to have it here in Abilene. So I sat down and visited with, with Debbie for a little bit, and she told me more and more about what the nickel is and what it does and what happens. And then we also spent a little bit of time talking about the Calf Festival, which is coming up in a few weeks. And so if you don't know about the Calf Festival, listen to this interview. Um, Debbie will do a great job explaining exactly what it is and how you can get involved. Uh, it's one of the biggest things that goes on here in Abilene every year. And I know I was too old to experience it when I was growing up, but I've brought cousins and, and all sorts of family members to Abilene specifically to, to enjoy the Cat Festival. It's a great event that it really is a tourist attraction to the community. So, and we always want to celebrate that. So without further ado, uh, let's get right to my interview with Executive Director of The Nickel here in Abilene, Debbie Lillick. Debbie, thanks for letting me come by and visit with you today. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for coming. Uh, let's start. I always start here. How, how did you get to Abilene? Oh, a long time ago. <laughs> um, my husband was a radiologist, and he came to Abilene for a job. And at the time, I mean, that was 86, there was a lot of, um, not a whole bunch to do for, for kids and family, but we came and have never regretted it. Yeah. Um, so how did you get involved in the nickel to, to start off with? Well, I had the opportunity to be a stay-at-home mom. So about 1994, I guess, I was approached by Lynn Barnett from the Cultural Affairs Council and said, you know, we have the opportunity to do something with an author who was going to come to town. His name is William Joyce. And so I was backstage. I helped with the lunch and that kind of thing. And then from that meeting with William Joyce and Gary McCaleb came the idea of the nickel, and each time, Lynn would come to me and say, you know, we need somebody to do this, or we need somebody to do that. And then we opened school tour program in 1998, became a docent. So I volunteered, 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 and as staff left, I took on more and more jobs. What a, I think some people know about uh, that, that luncheon that you were talking about, <laughs> but... Um, since you were there and, and some of us weren't, talk about what that was like because that meeting um, to the author and, and Mayor McCaleb was, was kind of a turning point for a lot of stuff, not only at the Nickel, but but downtown and, and kind of, you know, we are now the storybook capital of Texas and all these different things. And right. that was kind of a, a really big turning point. What, what was that, that was, like? What, what was, the, you know, was it an interview? What was the luncheon like? Well, um, so, you know, when Gary McCaleb was uh, mayor of Abilene, like I said, when we moved to Abilene in 86, downtown was pretty desolate. I mean, most of the businesses had closed. 
then the Paramount was remodeled, and then a group of people came together and worked on the Grace, turned that from an old you know, hotel into the museums. And they finished their project somewhere around 1992, I think, is when they opened their doors. So you have that piece. Gary McCaleb, when he was mayor, had two big pushes. One was revitalization of Abilene, and one was children. So from that, he was often a guest reader at a lot of the elementary schools. So he was invited to Valley View, which is mm -hmm. closed now. Denise Bruner was the librarian over there, and she gave him the book Santa Calls. And that started the Personal childhood favorite, by yes. the way. Yeah. Great book. Santa Calls, the hero in Santa Calls is Art Atchison Ainsworth, and he lived in Abilene, Texas. So McCaleb at the time thought, you know, is this one of those vanity books where you can buy? <laughs> Called Bill Joyce in Shreveport, because that's where he lives. And after, um, I think it was a little rocky start at the beginning about William Joyce thinking this is a joke. Gary McCaleb trying to convince him, yes, he really was the mayor of Abilene, <laughs> Texas. Because William Joyce had picked Abilene just from a map. It sounded good when he was writing his book. He'd never been here before. And they invited him to come. And there was a big lunch over at the Civic Center. While he was here, he talked about why he picked Abilene, but also about his, his picture books and the things he had done. And I do think part of that was there were some loose ends of some people who had helped get the grace going that were looking for another project. Lynn Barnett at that time was big in junior league and... I think they perked their ears up at a project because uh, Michaela asked Bill Joyce, he said, what happens to this art? And he said, well, it's in a closet. Some might be under my bed. You know, once the book is published, they're on to their next project, and it's not something that was deeply treasured by most people, and there, I don't think there was a market for sales. So... Gary McCaleb said, well, what about a museum? Is there a museum that shows picture book art? And at that time, there was not a dedicated one in the country. So you go through all of the bits and pieces, you know, to get a good business plan going, which Junior League was very instrumental in. And we launched the first nickel exhibit was actually at the Museums of Abilene in 1997. And that was uh, David Diaz. And then it was quickly apparent the nickel needed its own space. Mm -hmm. So we moved out of that building and moved into this current building in 2000. And William Joyce and Gary McCaleb have continued to be very loyal supporters and instrumental in, in keeping us moving forward. So, so not only did the nickel kind of come out of, of that luncheon, but also one of the preeminent I mean, definitely one of the premium statues, but also one of the focal points of downtown as we currently know it came out of yeah. that same storybook. How did the how did the statue come about? Well, Lynn Barnett at the Cultural Affairs Council has bounced around for several years the idea of a children's festival. And, you know, growing up here, there used to be a couple little ones downtown, mm -hmm. and they would go for a year or two, and then they'd fade away, and different people would sponsor them. So she was trying to find a focal point. So, five years ago, um, the Nichols Summer Exhibit, we borrowed from the LBJ Library. We borrowed the original artwork from the Lorax by Dr. Seuss. Well, everybody loves Dr. Seuss. <laughs> and Lynn saw the perfect opportunity to launch the Children's Art and Literacy Festival, or the CAF. 
part of what she brought to the table for the calf was a traveling exhibit of bronze sculptures by Dr. Seuss. There was the Lorax and Cat in the Hat and the Grinch. And she had him at various places around downtown to help promote the festival. And when that finished, people went, wow, those were so great. We'd love to have them here. So she started looking at, well, what would it take to get sculptures like that? And she raised the money, and now there are six Dr. Seuss sculptures across the street in Everman Park. So then her brain went back to work, and the next year we had Walter Wick. The following year was William Joyce, both of those being nickel exhibits, but the centerpiece for the calf. And the Guardians of Childhood movie had just come out when we were looking at William Joyce for calf, and she thought, you know, these would make great sculptures. So now we have six guardians. And from there, they have added a, a bronze every summer to go with whatever the calf festival artist is. So now we have, I think, 18. And then the big launch for the Garth Williams Sculpture Garden that'll be in June this year, which adds five more. So it's become... <laughs> Taking on its own life. It has. Life it's just own. kind of... It's, it started from, you know, a little idea, and, and I guess I never thought about going forward with more Dr. Seuss sculptures. That seemed cool to me, and, um, but now that has become a much larger vision, and as you mentioned before, has become one of the legs to us being the storybook capital here. With And it, it's neat, because people come downtown, you've got family visiting, and within a two-block radius, you can see the sculptures. It's something for the kids to go look at, maybe characters they know no, and are familiar right. with. Yeah. Or if not, you can say, well, let's go to the nickel, and we've got the books, or we have the art on display. And yeah. So, so you, you mentioned the calf a couple times, and so let's dive into that. I know um, my cousin who lives out of town, well, he's, he's I guess, six now. Um, we were, we were at, with him at Christmas and my mom was saying, Hey, I want you to come stay with me, uh, this summer and we're going to go to the calf festival. And he was all about it. And, and, but I soon realized that in his little five-year-old brain, cause the next time we saw him he goes, I'm ready for the cowboy festival. I want to go to the cowboy party. And he, he heard calf. He lives on a farm <laughs> and thought it was like a, like a rodeo. Oh, that's great. Um, but, but he brought and loved it. But, but for those of Abilene or whoever's listening that don't know what the may have heard of the Cat Festival but don't know kind of what it would be like to experience it or what goes on. Can you yeah. talk a little about what actually Cat Festival is? Sure. The nickel actually changes exhibits three times a year. So we have a fall exhibit, a spring exhibit, and then we have a summer exhibit. And the summer exhibit that we have is what the calf starts to base all of their activities around. So when Garth Williams came up, for instance, the people over at the Cultural Affairs Council, Sydney and, and Lynn and Rebecca, start looking at, let's look at Garth Williams' books and see what might be interesting to have readings because there's there have always been six different readings. I don't know if that's changed this year or not. There may be another one. So there'll be one at the Nickel, there'll be one at the Grace, there'll be one at the Center. And Betty Huckel gets dramatic readers to read either, you know, in the case of a picture book, an entire book in the past this year, they're going to feature like Charlotte's Web, for instance. So that'll just be an excerpt from that book. And if you're a calf participant, you, you get a nice little lanyard 
on it, and you can click buttons at each of the readings, which I don't know what it is. I want to say kids love buttons, but that's not true. Everybody <laughs> that comes it. through yeah. the door, you know, they want a button. And it will feature different Garth Williams characters. Okay. So for us, our readings can be the cricket at Times Square. And our button, of course, will be a cricket. Um, Frontier Texas is going to have an excerpt from one of the Little House books, so they'll have a button that goes with the Little House. And then, in addition to the reading buttons, they also will have buttons for other events. There's a the Balloon Man will be here, Lonnie Chevry, who does magic, will be here. Um, there's a puppeteer who's going to be here. I'm trying to think, basically, between Cedar and Cypress and <laughs> first and sixth this year is just going to be blocked off for events. And the nickel, the nickel kicks our events off Thursday night. The calf starts Thursday night. Uh, Leonard Marcus, who's an authority on children's book authors and illustrators, will be here to speak about Garth Williams since he's deceased and won't be present. There's going to be a big unveiling at the Sculpture Garden at the Civic Center Thursday night. There will be a parade. There's a costume contest. And everything everything is nice. It takes place downtown. It's pedestrian-friendly because they block off the streets. And it goes all day, all Friday and all day Saturday. Is, uh, is there kind of an age range that it's built for, or is it kind of for anybody that loves children's literature? Is it? I think it's anybody who likes a fun time. Okay. But I think... People think the festival and the nickel maybe are geared towards smaller kids, mm -hmm. which in the case a couple of years ago of David Shannon and No David, mm -hmm. I mean, I think that might be true, but it's for anybody who likes children's books. This year, Garth Williams did Charlotte's Web, Stuart Little, and the Little House books, so you have that age range. Right, that's that's older than your typical yeah, picture uh, book. older elementary or middle school, and then we've got the Golden Books, mm -hmm. which... You know, reading level, we're talking first grade maybe. But that also brings out a lot of nostalgia for um, grandparent age. You know, oh, I grew up with these books. <laughs> and so we get a lot of people bringing their grandkids or their kids in here to introduce them to that. Yeah. Do, do, do people need to register if, if they want to come? What's that process like? Well, the Nichols, we're not in charge of oh, that. Okay. So, but the Cultural Affairs Council, they have a website, okay. um, ACAC dot org and there's a calf link under it and that's just c-a-l-f they certainly can call over there okay. and register the price is nominal the price does go up may 15th but okay. i think the price right now is maybe seven dollars children and ten dollars um, adult and that will go up to 10 and 15 after may 15th but it gets you into everything for two days i mean the nickel events are always free so perhaps it's not quite as good a benefit on our end, but it'll get you into the grace, it gets you into all the readings, um, get you into Frontier, Texas. And we always have an opportunity to take the artist around every summer. And so we get to go see the balloon guy make his cool <laughs> creations or um, Lonnie Chevry's amazing with magic. So it's just fun. And there's food trucks downtown. They um, are introducing a new component with the sculpture garden up at the civic center right. this year with an app so that when you get close to the sculpture, there'll be a, a short reading, Oh, very cool! which is neat. Um, 
I'm not a computer person. I'm not sure how it all works, but I know they're working on that. So there's going to be a few more interactive things also. There's a goose chase contest. So besides just coming in and doing it as a family, you can can ramp it up and do right. some other things as well. Well, that's awesome. And and I encourage anybody that's listening that, that has kids or grandkids or, or cousins. Just adults, or yeah, just come. Just come. It's, it's, it's a very, very fun time. But to, to get back to the nickel, mm-hmm. I, I think, at least for me, anytime I go to a museum or some sort of something I've never been to, one of the hardest things is just not knowing what to expect and not knowing um, – not necessarily how to handle myself. I mean, obviously, well, yeah, but, no. but it's just <laughs> right. like it's just that that barrier of entry just is, is can be intimidating for some people. Um, for someone that's never been to the Nickel, mm-hmm. we're downtown, right on on North First. Uh, what would you just just come in anytime y'all are open? Is there great times? I mean, t- tell me right, about okay. coming in and, and seeing this amazing mm-hmm. facility. Well, I'll back up just a tiny bit. Okay. This is actually. 2017 is our 20th anniversary. Oh, awesome. So we're almost halfway through the year, but we are bringing back some of our past illustrators to do special events. So this year we're event heavy. What we have been doing is the, well, like you said, we're on the corner of North First and Cedar Street. There's not a big sign on our building. You kind of have to know where we're at. We show exhibits of children's book, original artwork from children's books. So a lot of people go, oh, I have to have kids or grandkids to come. And that's not true. We're actually an art museum. We don't have a lot of interactive things for kids to do. Um, We have the gallery. We also have an art studio. So if you come in, particularly on a Saturday or during the summer, we'll have a do-it-yourself activity if we don't have an art instructor leading something. So our goal is to get people interested in art and books at the same time. But... Come in, we're open Tuesday to Saturday, 10 to 4. And I know it seems maybe a little um, intimidate out here because we don't have the big neon sign that says open. But if you come in, we have an exhibit in the gallery that is all a single artist. Right now it's James Ransom, and that will go down the end of May as we put up Garth Williams. For our 20th anniversary, though, we've been bringing back different illustrators. So this last weekend we had Mark Crilly here very well known for his drawing, particularly of manga. So he was here. We had Robert Sabuda here and does pop-ups. Later on in the year, we're going to bring David Diaz, who, well, he's been to Abilene so many times. <laughs> he loves Abilene. But he did uh, Smoky Night. He went to call the cop for But he's he'll be back. But every time we open an exhibit, which is in a regular year, three times a year, we bring the artist in for two or three days' worth of events, Most of them are all free to the public. We're trying to get, like, college kids Mm -hmm. to come down and see, you know, see that it's not for little kids necessarily. Although it's a good segue for children. We do a lot of school tours with local elementaries. We tell them about the art, you know, because Mm. that's what they're here to see. But we try and get them interested in reading the books. So... We have the books on the book stands. You can sit and read. You can spend five minutes here. You can spend five hours here. We're always free to the public. There's art on Saturday afternoon from one to four. That's also always free. Um, Very seldom do we charge for an event, and usually that's a dinner. Mm -hmm. And, And then coming up in October is kind of the culmination of our 20th anniversary. We will have David Shannon, who did the No David books, 
Mark Teague, who's most popular for the How Do Dinosaurs Go to School, How Do Dinosaurs Sick and I, those books. And Marla Frazee, who is quite an accomplished picture book illustrator. However, her new claim to fame is because the new movie Boss Baby oh, yeah. is based on her book, Boss Baby. <laughs> so that's, you know, now you have to see Boss Baby. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, we know her. They will all three be here at the same time oh, awesome. in October. We'll do a big fundraising dinner, but they're also going to um, set up art studios in the gallery so that people can come in and see them work and, and have a chance to interact with them. We haven't finalized a lot of that, but so there'll be a lot of free events around that as well. Yeah. So, so it'd be fair to say that the nickel is a, is a, is an art museum that is kid friendly, but oh, is a not way. a children's museum. Does that make sense? Yes. Like it's, it's, that's perfect. A, a single person, a, a, a couple on a date night would enjoy this museum just like any other museum they would go to if they lived in a bigger city. But if they have kids, the kids will be interested in the art that's also that's on the wall. Right. That's, okay. that's good. That's perfect. Awesome. We also, interesting enough, we get, during the school year, we'll get um, college kids that'll come in to see the art, but what they really want to do is the art project. Because, oh, yeah. you know, come in, do something fun. Y'all got a website, right, that will that has the events and things yes. like that, is that or a yes. Facebook page. What's the, what's the best way for someone to kind of keep up with all the things that are going on? I would say our website. We okay. just redesigned it, so now it's mobile-friendly, which is, you know, big. Yeah. And we, do, we have a Facebook page. We're on Instagram as well. Oh, there you go. So, yeah. Fits very well with, with the art for sure. It wasn't, yeah, we have to get younger people in here to tell me how to uh, get, spread the word. But one of the things that's really cool for people who live in Abilene, I think, is that once the exhibit is here and we have up, for instance, James Ransom, who's on the wall now, it goes down in May and now it travels around the country for the next three years or five years or whatever to different museums. So, Abilene's name gets out nationally, Absolutely. which gives us a little bit different platform for the nickel, a different audience, and of course helps promote tourism in Abilene because people are like, oh, not that Abilene is your prime vacation destination spot, but if you're on your way to Lubbock or Houston or something, there were a lot of people this last summer that made detours just to come see us because they'd seen our exhibit somewhere else. and. And then we send them out to Perini's and out to, um, you know, the Grace and the Zoo. and. Yeah. What are, are there any kind of well-known museums that, that y'all had features in or that y'all have had, uh, I can't think of the Exhib <laughs> exhibits. exhibits. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> in, in Texas, uh, we've done like the Texas, the uh, Children's Museum of Houston. Oh, okay. They take exhibits. We have one right now in Corpus Christi. We're going to have one in Irving. The Irving Arts Center takes our exhibits quite a lot. But, you know, like well-known museums, the Eric Carl, which started after we did, they didn't know it until 2002. So uh, they've taken some of our exhibits. We have a place in Omaha, Nebraska, interesting enough, called the Jocelyn Museum of Art, and they constantly have our exhibits. We've... We've been in 39 states. I haven't managed to hit all 50. Mm -hmm. I don't know that anybody in North Dakota would even care, but, you know, Never maybe. Know. Maybe someone's listening. Because yeah. it's on the Internet. Maybe someone will yeah, call. You may exactly. get a call. Who knows? And say, hey. <laughs> um, 
So, you know, that's nice. And we'll go to, oh, maybe someplace in Racine, Wisconsin will pick us up. And then we get more interest then, you know, from people mm -hmm. in that area. But it also is a way for the illustrators to, to grow their audience. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And a lot of them travel and speak with the, and of course it sells books. Yeah. So we kind of, it's all kind of intertwined. And all it's of all it. spearheaded right here in Abilene, Texas. It is. It That's is. awesome. Well, I just got a couple more questions and you've been so generous with your time. Thank oh. you so much. But um, what would, if, if you could, whether it's an elevator pitch or however you want, if you would, People in Abilene could know one thing about the nickel or, or could tell their friends, here's what the nickel is. How would, how, what would you want them to say? What? You know, we've, we've worked on that. That's, <laughs> that's a thing, you know, your elevator speech. Um, we, we want children to come in and, and enjoy the museum, but we want us, the museum, the nickel, to inspire kids to be creative on their own, to read. Um, you know, what I think is kind of funny, if you ask a kindergarten group, you know, who likes to draw? Everybody's hand goes up. And you say, who's good at it? And everybody's <laughs> hand goes up. And you get to fifth grade, and you ask, and you might have two or three people that like to draw, and you may only have one person that says, yeah, I'm good at it, because that's something they're passionate about yeah. or whatever, and so they've practiced. And so our hope is also to get kids in here to realize that you don't, you don't have to be Rembrandt. You don't have to be, in fact, if you come and look at David Shannon's illustrations or, or even Mo Willems, their illustrations are so kid-friendly mm -hmm. that it's something you can copy. And yeah. I think that that helps inspire kids, whether you, you know, maybe you're thinking about you want to be an artist, but that's what we'd like to do. We want to inspire kids and, and adults too, but really get them to, to reach outside themselves, be creative, and then of course read. So my final question, and I end all the podcasts this way, is what is what is one big dream that you've got for the nickel that is kind of a moonshot? Wouldn't it be amazing if this could happen? Oh, wow. We would love to expand our building and be able to have – we have one big gallery space now. We'd really like to have a couple more gallery spaces where you could still have a featured illustrator, somebody that was your big – headliner for the year but maybe we have illustrators who maybe only have one picture book to their name because we have a criteria to pick illustrators but maybe somebody who couldn't put 80 pieces of art maybe we could put 10 pieces of art in the gallery mm -hmm. and then William Joyce has generously offered that if we had another gallery that we needed art in that he would rotatingly loan us his artwork oh, that we could put up, which would be really cool too. And then that helps keep his presence here, which feeds back into the sculptures, which feeds <laughs> back into the whole circle. Right. And then lastly, if somebody listens to this or hears about the nickel and wants to be involved, um, whether that's monetarily with their time, what's the best way to get involved or, um, or, or find out about that? Come, come to our website. I'm listed on the website, but there's also a link if you would like to hear more about us or, and it particularly, we can use volunteers. We're a very small staff. There's really only four of us over here. So we can use a lot of volunteers all times of day. If anybody's really interested in the CAF and would like to volunteer over here, we can use people to just greet people, um, hand out buttons, and spread the word. But probably through our website's the best way, or Facebook. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for letting me come by and visit with you and tell them 
uh, me and, and everybody else a little bit more about what y'all do here at the Nickel. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. And I appreciate you taking the time to come see the Nickel. That was my conversation with Executive Director of the Nickel here in Abilene, Debbie Lillick. Thank you, Debbie uh, and her team over at the Nickel for letting me come by and visit with them. As you heard during during our conversation, we talked a lot about the CAF Festival. And, and when I do these interviews, I really try to keep them evergreen, which means I want it to be a valuable listen, whether you listen to the day we post it or six months down the road. And I think this this interview still is that. But I didn't want to post it this week specifically so that it came out before the CAF Festival. If you have uh, kids, whether that's cousins, nephews, kids of your own, grandkids, anything like that, I highly encourage you to to participate in the CAF Festival, whether that's this year, 2017, or if you're listening to this in six months in 2018 when it comes back around. It is a great event, not only for the kids, but for our whole community. Uh, It takes over downtown. It's a lot of fun. It really is something that Abilene should be proud full of and, and take ownership of. Uh, and, and the commu- the committee that does that does a great job. Uh, so thank you, Debbie, for telling us about it, and then and then thank you for the committee that actually puts that on. I also wanted to make sure I did note on here uh, another comment that's going to take us out of the Evergreen episode, but as I'm currently recording this, we do have a runoff election coming in our city government. I wanted to just take a few seconds to encourage you all to go vote. If you are registered to vote, we really need you to come out. The election is going to be on June 17th. Early voting uh, is is usually the week before that, usually like a Wednesday through a Tuesday the week before uh, that Saturday. For this purpose, it, it doesn't matter who you vote for. Uh, we need Abilene to become more and more involved in reaching out and, and standing up and being counted for, for your vote. The only way that we're going to allow Abilene to grow and become stronger and, and more prosperous in the future is if we say, this is what I think is important in our community and I'm going to stand up and, and speak out. Um, we don't necessarily need you to be activists, but if you want to be an activist, be an activist. But we need everyone, everyone that's registered to vote needs to come out and vote. Um, it's for the good of our city. It's for the good of our community. It's, it's really, really important. And I hope that, that anyone listening makes sure they're, they vote. But, but go that extra step. Make sure your friends and family are voting. Be, be that annoying pest that's texting people and calling people and saying, did you vote? Did you vote? Did you vote? Because it really matters. It really makes a difference. Um, at the end of the day, I think Adeline's going to be in good hands one way or the other. But what we can't stand for, what we can't deal with is when 80% of the community doesn't vote. That's not representative of our, of our community. We need everyone that can to come out and vote. So please do that. Thank you for my digression. Uh, sorry about that, but I, I did want to use this platform to say that out there uh, to people that listen to this podcast. We'll be back next week with a new conversation on Tuesday. I really appreciate it. Um, and as always, especially as we continue to move forward, as our community grows and becomes stronger, continue to dream big dreams for Abilene.